Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Functionally Autoimmune. We have another fantastic guest with us today, and I know you're going to love this episode. With us today, we have Megan Zink. She's a photographer, a marketer, a writer, a speaker, a Crohn's champion. She's the founder of colorandcuriosity.com, and she's the host of Wider Worldview podcast. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and, um, you know, how you got into all of these things and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. So uh, I'm lucky because now multi-passionate, flashy, those are all like actual terms that people use, but I always thought I was kind of shot shooting myself in the foot because I was just always a dabbler. I loved learning new things and I loved trying new things. And honestly, you know, I was one of those, those people that kind of tried something for a while and was like, okay, I get the gist. So let me move on to the next thing. Um, and I always kind of felt ostracized because, you know, you'd see all these people that are like, I want to be an astronaut or whatever, you know, they spend their whole life doing it where I'm like, I don't know what I want, but I just want to continue growing and learning. Um, But I guess you could say, you know, I've started to really embrace that with coloringcuriosity.com. And so my mission is just, I love educating people. I'm a marketer in my day job. Um, I'm a photojournalist in my, you know, wherever I can fit it in. And so really my big goal is to educate, inspire people to learn, try new things, get outside their comfort, quote unquote, known is what I always say. Um, And I also have Crohn's and I was diagnosed when I was 11 and that was about 21 years ago. And I just kind of have refused to let it, you know, dictate who I am and what I can do and what I can achieve. I will say the pandemic was kind of a wake up call. Um, (laughs) I had never felt limited by my disease before, but then you know, it's an, it's an invisible disease. I don't look like somebody who has an autoimmune disease, you know, typically people who are having, who were, had to be worried and scared about the COVID before we knew anything or before vaccination was developed. Um, I didn't look like that. You know, I wasn't elderly. I wasn't, you know, sick or, so it was really kind of frustrating, but ultimately it, it ended up making me realize how much stress management is important. And it ultimately was a huge catalyst in a big lifestyle change that my husband and I recently made, which was to move from the downtown Chicago area to Colorado. Wow. That is a big, that is a big change for sure. And do you feel like kind of the COVID pandemic helped with that move? Cause there's a lot of people I've talked to that have definitely said like the pandemic has allowed me to either, you know, start a new business or move to a place I've always wanted to live. So do you feel like that played a real big role in that? Yes. It was a lot of little things and then probably one straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I also am very adamant about saying that I recognize not everybody can do something like this. You know, you might have familial ties, you might have relatives that can't travel, something like that, but um, ultimately, or children, you know, that are in the school system. So a lot of it was, you know, we had been living in downtown Chicago for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, We had also been just loving outdoor recreation, but you can really do a lot of that. And that Chicago's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't where we kind of wanted to be. And then ultimately we had family move out to California and we're like, well, they're kind of on the West coast. Our family is in the Midwest. So we would be in the middle. We've had this love affair with Colorado for, I don't know, maybe 10 years or more. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just that, oh my gosh, everything we like to do in downtown Chicago involves 
going to bars, going to restaurants, yeah. going to event venues that are all shut down. And it just kind of was this huge, like, oh my gosh, this, I don't want this to be my whole life. And nature is so important in so many facets of my life. I work in digital marketing. I started in social media marketing. I have a very interesting love-hate relationship with social media and its effects <laughs> on the human mind and children. And yeah. um, I was a nature kid, so I was kind of seeking that out. So absolutely, I would say the pandemic was kind of that catalyst, that kick in the pants, if you will, that we needed. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you mentioned that you kind of like to dabble in everything. I think because I'm the same way, because, you know, I think for people who are, I like to call it lifelong learners. <laughs> that's kind of the term that I give it, um, is that you're kind of always wanting to learn something new or expand on the knowledge that you have. And I think that's fantastic that you found all of these great avenues to do that. Yes, that's actually literally the motto and the SEO terms that I optimize my website called curiosity for is lifelong learning. <laughs> I love that. So you mentioned that you have Crohn's and that you were diagnosed at age 11. So can you talk to us a little bit about how that's been um, since diagnosis? You know, did you have a really hard time getting that diagnosis? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yes. Long story short, I did not have a fun time getting diagnosed. Um, historically, Crohn's has always been hereditary. And so back in that day and age, that was, I think, 2001, maybe, um, if I can do math correctly. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> but it was just not a known thing. Like now, you know, the gastroenterological, uh, gastrointestinal diseases are very much more prevalent in our society. People are connected you know, making connections to food, lifestyle, um, certain triggers in your childhood that could have created these sort of auto, you know, basically an autoimmune disease is where your immune disease, your immune system doesn't function like it's supposed to. So ultimately with Crohn's disease, for whatever reason, my immune system decided to identify the lining of my intestines as a foreign body and it attacks it. And I kind of like to infuse humor in the situation to sort of you know, maybe as a coping mechanism, but also to keep things, you know, lighting and moving forward. And I always say my immune system is so badass. I have to take medicine to suppress it. <laughs> it's I love just, that. Yeah, so yeah. I have a super, super human immune system essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a thing at the time. And to make it harder, I was, you know, I was in junior high. I was like in sixth grade at the time. Yeah. And you're going through puberty. You're going through body changes. I was a competitive cheerleader. I loved it. I continued it my whole, um, up until my senior year of high school. I did it. It was my, my favorite. It is a sport. But I loved it. But there was all this pressure, you know, to be like, well, I wasn't as skinny as the flyers or whatever, but then with my Crohn's disease, I, people knew something was wrong. My parents knew something was wrong. I was like 59 pounds going into sixth grade, which is very, very low percentile. I stopped growing. I was skeletal. I was pale. Like there was so definitely something wrong. What got frustrating though, was that nobody knew what was wrong. And the doctors that I was seeing at the time, my pediatrician, they weren't well-equipped to make that diagnosis. Yeah. So basically long, my parents thought that I had eating disorders. They thought that I might be anorexic or bulimic. And I would, you know, I would sit at the dinner table and I would say, 
I can't eat. My stomach hurts. I would eat something either. I couldn't eat because my stomach hurt so bad, or I would go and get sick. Mm -hmm. Um, after I would eat, I couldn't keep food down toward the end of, you know, before I got diagnosed and they were, you know, I love my parents. They were doing everything that they could, you know, they didn't know, but they would be like, well, you're going to sit at the dinner table and eat until, you know, finish, finish your food. And I remember distinctly going to the pediatrician and the pediatrician, I tried Metamucil. I tried fiber. I tried all these things. They're like, oh, you don't have enough fiber in your diet. You're not eating the right things. Let's do a, you know, a, a, a diet where we take things away and then we add them back and we have you stop eating dairy and meat and um, all of these things and nothing works. And it was just so frustrating. So one day we were in there and my doctor, the pediatrician was like, well, mom, leave the room. Why don't you leave the room? And I was like, okay. And he was like, are you sure you're not anorexic or bulimic? I'm like, I know, but in my brain, I was like, at this point, maybe I should just say it. So people like stop saying that to me. So after that, we did end up getting me to a gastroenterologist. I had my first scope. Um, I said I should probably <laughs> during my last scope, my, my colonoscopy, I have had nine. I'm coming up on 10. I celebrate yeah. it. I, I told the nurse staff, I was like, do I get some kind of like wristband or something on my next right. one? <laughs> the 10 scope club. <laughs> right. Next but, one's uh, free. <laughs> yeah. Next one's free. Do I have a, I have a punch card. Um, but yeah, it's, it, so I had a scope and that's when they discovered what was going on. And so I had some ups and downs. Um, they ultimately treated it very aggressively with steroids and medicine. So I was on Pantaze, azathioprine, um, and that helped curtail it, but I definitely had a lot of scarring. That was, uh, again, junior high area. I had a second flare up in high school and then I had a, a third flare up in college. And ultimately, um, I, my, my gastroenterologist called, I was supposed to study abroad in Italy. She's like, you have a lot of scarring. You might have a stricture. We need to operate. And I was like, I'm not, not going to Italy. <laughs> I'm going to Italy, whether you like it or not, I'm going. <laughs> we'll deal with this when I get back. And I, I, I don't recommend that to everybody. We did get a second opinion. That was, it was okay for me to do. So I did do that. Um, and I did end up having an ileocystectomy when I was 20. Um, and I had eight inches of my intestine removed. So essentially they took out the scarred area that could have caused a stricture, which is a blockage. Mm-hmm. And since then I've just been mitigating it with medication. Um, I actually recently, right before the pandemic, coincidentally, it was like, I keep getting blood work back. You keep seeing things are good. Do yeah. I need to be on this medication? Like, can we try it? Can we see what happens? Cause the side effects of azathioprine are not good. And yeah. my doctor even said that you know, today's day and age, I probably wouldn't put you back on this. I put you on biologics. Um, and so I was like, well, can we try it? Can we see what happens? And I've actually been off of them since March of 2020, um, doing well. So, and I just had my last scope, um, in May. And so I've been very lucky because it can be really, really, really bad. It can also be very manageable. I'm kind of on the manageable side of the spectrum, I don't take it for granted. I realize what an important thing that is. And so I just, I know that stress management is probably in diet. Um, so eating, you know, whole foods and trying to be good about anti-inflammatory foods. I know dairy is probably not that great, but I can't <laughs> give it up. I love <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so it's been kind of ups and downs, but 
it's, I, I've tried to stay optimistic. And even when I was diagnosed, my, my doctors were like, you have a surprisingly good attitude about this for being, you know, how old yeah. you are. And that's what I've tried to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, your story is actually pretty common because it, it about 99% of autoimmune conditions take 10 or more years for a diagnosis. So it's really not shocking when I, when I talk with someone um, who has a story similar to yours. And when I ask them about their diagnosis journey, it's usually, it took a really long time. And it's just because like you said, the physicians just don't have the information that they need to get to that that diagnosis, they, they kind of look at everything else first. And so you kind of shared that same, that same pattern, um, with your story. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I like that you mentioned stress management because it is something that's really important with, with all autoimmune conditions is really managing your stress because it's so hard on your body. So do you have any tips or anything that anything that you do that you can offer that, that you kind of works for you for stress management? Yes. Oh my gosh. Where to start? Well, let me say first that until, uh, uh, probably like five years ago, I wasn't doing much by the way of meditation, yoga, um, you know, being very self-aware of stress levels. And again, it was really, I think the pandemic, that was the last straw on the camel's back because I started, um, I was so stressed out because Again, nobody had any data about what happened to people with Crohn's disease and who got COVID. And so I was a recluse for a long time. I mean, I was terrified to, you know, I was definitely the one wiping my groceries down. I didn't know what to do. And it was so frustrating because my friends would look at me and be like, you work out, you're healthy, you're young. Like, why are you so afraid? I'm like, you guys don't understand. I have something you can't see. Like, and nobody knows. And so with, with, um, COVID, I, I started getting really bad headaches. I started getting eye strain and I realized I was so stressed. I was just like grinding my teeth. I, my face was a mess. Like my, my muscles were so tight and tense and I really started my practice then. So I think, um, tip wise, it's just being self-aware. And then the other thing I'll say is I didn't realize that oftentimes I was holding my breath for like no reason, we don't do a good job breathing anymore. And so I think some tips are, um, I read 10% happier by, I think Dan Harris and he, his basic uh, premise is that meditation doesn't have to be this big thing where you pay and you go sit down for an hour or you go to a (laughs) retreat in the woods for three days. Like Mm -hmm. I sit for five minutes and most days, that's all I can do. And also a lot of days I don't even do it. So, but the important thing is that I've been trying to build a sustainable habit. So I think one big tip is build it into your lifestyle sustainably so that it's something that makes you feel accomplished. It can be built into a bigger habit if you want to, but like, it really doesn't have to be this big fortress of a thing you have to overcome in order to get into your lifestyle. Um, yoga is so important. I think And then the other thing is nature, screen time. Like I can't tell you even subconsciously because I'm very um, fascinated by psychology and I I loved it in school and definitely wanted it to be part of my career. And so that's why I went into marketing. But 
even having notifications on your phone is probably stressing you out and you, you may not even realize it. And so I have, you know, I've, I've had my phone on silence since probably 2012. (laughs) I, it does make me check for notifications sometimes, but then I turned off my notifications. And so I have tried to, to basically live this lifestyle where I am using tech to make my life easier and tech is not managing me. Um, And so there's, that's a big one. Um, and then nature, nature is so important. Just getting out and moving, um, walks around the blocks in downtown Chicago were my lifeline during COVID. Like I was definitely wearing masks all the time because again, nervous, but, um, and, and then, like I said, we moved out to Colorado and I'm very, very fortunate. I can drive 15 minutes and I can be in a forest of evergreen trees and the, fact that this has on my stress levels in my body, I can actually, I notice that I can actually take a full breath when I'm out there. So, um, I think incorporating nature, getting off of screens, being self-aware of what does cause you stress. Are you breathing? Are you clenching your jaw (laughs) and trying to meditate for like five minutes a day? Um, those are all tips that I have. Yeah, that's really great. I love every one of those. And, and it is breathing is something that, you know, our body does for us without us even having to think about it. But a lot of times you're right, we end up holding our breath and it's, it's hard to not understand just how powerful breathing can be when you don't take the time to stop and focus on it. So that's such a great point. I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah. And so I wanted to also ask you if there's someone out there listening, and I know that there is because a lot of my listeners are either autoimmune, um, they think that they have an autoimmune condition, so they're waiting and fighting for a diagnosis, or they're kind of on the other side where they've reversed it and they want to make sure that they keep it that way. So I have a lot of listeners in kind of all different camps, but if there's someone listening who is potentially going through what it sounds like you went through and they're really struggling to get a diagnosis. Do you have any tips or advice for them to kind of keep pushing forward? Cause it can be very difficult. It can be so difficult. And I know that you can, you can really resonate with this as well yeah. is, you know, something that I've learned recently is second, third, fourth, fifth opinions, information, you know, your own body better than anybody else. Um, it's exhausting and it feels unfair probably that, you know, the ones who are exhausted and fighting something like this, that's unseeable. And it's just, it's a, you know, such a huge impact on our lives have to be the ones that consistently put up the fight, yeah. <laughs> but I cannot, um, you know, it, it, it took me a really long time to, to be like, wait a minute, nobody's forcing this medication on me. Like, what if I ask questions? What if I, looks for other, you know, other thoughts, uh, thought leaders and, and second opinions, third opinions, talk to people. Um, I think it was hard for me to get vocal about having this immune disease because this autoimmune disease, I, you know, again, I, I was just so stubborn about not letting it define me or what I could do or how others perceived me, especially no one wants to talk about bathroom stuff. I mean, I love bathroom. I'm so mature, but like, it is frustrating. It's embarrassing. I mean, I can't tell you the pandemic has been amazing because I don't have bathroom anxiety anymore. I don't have to worry about going to the bathroom in a public place, like my office. Like it's just, it's been great. And so it's, you know, I would say asking questions, um, talking to people because 
people don't know what they don't know that you're going through. Yeah. And I have found some really surprising things about just getting vocal about what I'm going through. Um, you know, whether that's somebody saying, Hey, that's a, a lot of medicine for, you know, I never give my patients that much. And I'm like, Oh, well, then why am I on it? And then I go, you know, to my, my primary GI and I, she's like, yeah, actually we could try you taking you off of it. I'm like, why didn't this happen sooner? I think she's great, but like, you know, yeah. just up a little bit against it. And, and I think I wouldn't have had that confidence if I hadn't talked to other people about it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You're definitely your own biggest advocate for sure. in in all of your healthcare and it's, it's okay to fire doctors. It's okay to find new ones. It's okay to ask questions. Uh, for sure. I love every ounce of that. And so thank you so much for sharing. Cause I know there's somebody out there listening that, that needs to hear that. And that's struggling now with that same issue. And the other thing I will say is because I, you know, I, I join a lot of groups. There's, there's Facebook groups, there's support groups. Um, my hospital, I, while I was in Chicago, I was part of the Northwestern Care Group, and they even had support groups for people going even as niche as going through depression with Crohn's. Like they, there are support groups out there. If you feel like you're not being supported um, by certain people in your life, you know, it doesn't mean that they don't belong there. It's just that maybe they don't understand, but there definitely is some kind of support system that could be beneficial for you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's great advice. You definitely don't have to go it alone, which is why we're here talking about it today because, you know, there are other people going through it. You don't have to go through it alone. And there's definitely someone out there who's been through a similar or what you're, you're going through that are there to, to help you and to talk about it. So that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we have time to share all of your information where people can find you, where people can reach out to you. Um, I've been to your website, um, Color and Curiosity, and I love it. I think it's so fun. So I definitely want to make sure that we give time for people to be able to find you. Give us a little information about your podcast and all of your um, wonderful things so that everyone has a way to reach you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I love learning (laughs) that cannot be understated. Um, so coloringcuriosity.com is my new project. It, uh, the mission is to basically inspire people to get outside their comfort known quote unquote, instead of comfort zone, um, through travel. Um, it explores travel as an empathy building tool, uh, a a great equalizer, um, you know, a, a sort of educational, route of, of understanding privilege um, and, uh, and our differences, especially in a time where everybody's, you know, is just kind of a very polarized right now and social injustice and everything. Um, so that's the website. You can find me there. You can also find my social. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. I love sharing fun facts bad dad jokes and puns <laughs> fail Fridays because I don't think that Instagram should be, I don't think any social media should be perfect. I know that's kind of how things are moving away from. Um, but again, you know, exploring social media, the digital ages impact on our stress levels and our mental health. Um, so moderately excited is my Instagram handle. It's funny. Cause I am very excited. If you see any of the pictures, <laughs> I mostly am either jumping or yelling or talking about crazy things that blew my mind. 
Um, so color and curiosity.com is my website. Moderately excited is my Instagram handle. Um, I love connecting about marketing and mentoring. You can find me on LinkedIn, Megan Zink. And also I am a photographer um, and I've been studying photography for over 17 years, digital and darkroom. And uh, my website's meganzink.com. And I just, I've, I've gotten really into exploring vast nature scapes and, you know, a, a human for scale. Um, that's a new project that I'm going to be working on because when you really think about it, the problems that are devastating to you, obviously would never want to, you know, discredit anybody's um, stress or hardships or anything, but it's just, I love getting out into vast landscapes because it just reminds me that I'm just kind of a little blip. <laughs> on this planet and really in the green, the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and all of that has given way to my podcast, wider worldview. So if you search hashtag wider worldview on pretty much any social channel, you'll find a lot of the interviews that I've done exploring travel as an empathy building and experiential learning tool. Oh, I love that. I love all of that. That's all so very fun. And you know, I love nature. I, you know, I'm here in Idaho, so we're outside all the time. And I love that you have embraced that as um, a photography method and something that you've really enjoyed. And, and I definitely love the idea behind your podcast and all of that information is fantastic. I definitely think travel is so, um, there's just something amazing about it for your soul. Like just getting out and going somewhere is just fantastic. Learning something new. Where in Idaho are you? I'm in the Boise area. So, Oh Oh my gosh. Uh, Fun fact. I worked with Visit Idaho. I went to McCall and Boise and I just had an article come out in the 2022 adventure guide on the Idaho wine scene, because who knew that Idaho great wine, but they do. So that was just, that's a, you know, a testament to just my love of learning. I was like, oh my gosh, wine is a thing here. Being yays are amazing. And they asked me if I would like to contribute to their 2022 guide. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll have to look for that, but for sure. It's kind of the hidden secret. There's, there's wine in Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll leave it at that because we yeah. don't want it to not become a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We love, we love having our secrets here. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but I love all of that. And definitely, you know, you guys reach out to um, Megan. She's doing some amazing things and has some amazing work out there. Listen to her podcast and absolutely, you know, get out in nature, travel and do what you can to manage your stress because it will help all of us <laughs> in the long run in so many areas of our lives. And thank you so much, Megan, for being on and for sharing all of your story and all of your information and all the wonderful things you're doing. Thank you so much, Brandy. This has been wonderful. Um, yes, I absolutely encourage. I Please don't be shy. I am more than happy to answer questions or just be a, you know, a sounding board for whatever you're going through. And thanks for this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for listening to another episode and we will catch you on the next one. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens with 75 absorbable vitamins and minerals in just one scoop per day. I've increased my energy, immune function, and so much more. AG is a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. For your own risk-free AG plus 20% off and free vitamin D3 K2 supplement, go to www.athleticgreens.com backslash functionally autoimmune 
or look in the notes of this podcast and you can find the link there. Trust me, you want to add Athletic Greens to your day. It makes such a huge difference.